Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. It is our monthly For the Love of the Run episode with Carolyn Sue, my co-collaborator, contributor, and good friend. I'm so excited for this. These episodes are brought to you by Tracksmith. We will talk a little bit later about the Franklin Fleece, which we both love and adore. I will say it is a little bit warmer today in New England. Carol and I both actually just finished up our separate workouts. I actually wore the Van Cortland long sleeve today, which is not normally a January piece for me, but it was today in the sun and like the low 50 degrees. Holy cow. Um, so Carolyn, I'm excited to chat. Yes. Hello, hello. Happy New Year. Can we still say that? It's January 18th right now. <laughs> <laughs> we are recording no we're recording this on january 3rd we'll just say oh, right, right, so yes right. we can oh, actually yeah, yeah. say happy new year <laughs> isn't the larry david meme that goes around this time of year of like you're not allowed to say that anymore oh i don't know <laughs> uh, i don't know well either. it still feels like it's the start of the new year and at the same time i can't believe how many weeks of january have already gone by i don't know it's funny. It this time of year is always fast. Mm-hmm. this time of year always get the same thing for me it's like I get a full set of like, again, every email is like, Happy New Year. So I'm like, all right, Happy New Year, right? Everyone's saying it. I'm going to say it too. And then I also get the full set of emails that's like someone's like, you can tell a business is trying to like get into like micro influencers. So I'll get like a thousand emails from different brands. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, you know, they... My my Instagram account, for some reason, on on like I guess the major list that gets sold to these companies, they connected my email address to the wrong Instagram account. So my good friend Kimberly McBride, uh-huh. my Runstagram life is her yeah. Insta- is her Instagram. She's been on the show several times. She's a really fun, interesting person. Yeah. But my email address is connected to her. Oh, weird. Instagram account in this list that evidently is like the eponymous list for Instagram micro-influencers or whatever, just whatever. So, like, I get a thousand emails, like, hi, Kimberly. <laughs> like every, I'm, like, always like, this isn't Kimberly, because it's always like, hey, Kimberly, love your Instagram account. Yep, I had yep. to reach out. I'm like, first yep, of all, yep. you didn't look at the Instagram account, because I'm obviously not Kimberly <laughs> at ramblingrunnerpodcast at gmail.com. And also, like, nice try. You should get your money back. From that list anyway because i actually know the name of the list because one time i was like <gasps> someone actually responded back they're like i'm really sorry this actually came from like a list that we bought i'm <gasps> like what's the name of the list because I'm, I'm curious the person like we had like a like a full like seven email text thread back Whoa. and forth I'm like, this is really interesting i finally figured out why this keeps happening to me oh so it's not like a spammers list either it's a legit like yeah it's a legit type. like marketing list oh. that probably gets into like hey here's like 10,000 emails to mm-hmm. fitness Instagram accounts, right? Like I have like 10,000 followers. I'm not like some like crazy Instagram person, right? And it's like been like the same amount of followers like the last five years. But it's like, you know, anyway, my name some somehow was connected to this list. But like, yeah, once it like got connected to this other person who I'm friends with, ironically enough, Instagram account, like it has never stopped being connected for some reason. Oh, interesting. Ha, okay. Anyway, happy new year. This is what I yes, get every new year. Right. <laughs> yes, yes. Wow. I can't believe our last conversation was about a month ago with Maurice. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. People yeah, should listen to that episode if they haven't opinions. done so already. We got so much great feedback on that one. <laughs> yes. And then I have had my eyes open for coffee milk. <laughs> That I that was the first time I learned about coffee milk from the both of you, and I'm also now super self conscious whenever I'm wearing socks and decide to put on sandals to run outside real quickly for something. I'm like, that, was, that was that was Maurice's pet peeve for people who didn't listen, not mine. You know, I'm not oh, I'm not man. gonna sock I'm not gonna sock shame anybody. But uh, yeah, he felt very strongly about that. Oh yes, there were a lot of strong opinions. <laughs> I will so- say I've gotten a lot of I got a lot of DMs from some of our some of my fellow Rhode Islanders after ah. that episode. I was like basically coffee milk sightings. So basically coffee people just sighting. taking a picture, coffee milk sighting. <laughs> oh, so like one so of them fun. is actually a coffee milk stout, a beer. Oh, coffee oh, milk see. beer because there there are plenty of coffee stouts out there yes that's yes, a pretty uh-huh. common common thing for people who like dark beer and like feels like everybody who makes dark beer like has some version of that at least it feels that way but there's a uh yeah there's like an autocrat coffee milk stout 
well, there. there you go. So, See, like, okay, if you want okay. to ease into it, Carolyn, there is an there is it doesn't even have to necessarily be a dairy entree uh, into coffee milk. You can get there through the alcoholic version. Actually, that sounds a lot more appealing to me. Next time, <laughs> like you, Maurice, <laughs> are in the Boston area. I'd be up for getting coffee milk stouts. <laughs> there you go. Kudos to my friend Ted Jordan who who sent that who sent that over. He goes, You have to send you have to send a, a six pack of this to Carolyn. That's what, his, oh, that's what his message yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. Do it. <laughs> Do it. Do it. Well, speaking of New Year's, we're going to be talking about some goals and resolutions and the processes by which we approach these and how maybe they've evolved over time as well. And uh, as we always do, and the reason we even have these episodes in the first place is we're not just going to be talking about running. We're going to be talking about all areas of our life, you know, to, to, to some degree. And when it comes to New Year's resolutions, obviously, as athletes, there's a big part of that can be connected to that. And it's a new year, especially if it's like, you know, a lot of times for runners, the new year also can coincide with just like our off season from running, you know, from like the winter months, you take a little bit of a break and you can get it going. Right. So it does have that natural symmetry with like, okay, this is also my off season. So let's think about goals for like the next season. And it just happens to kind of coincide with New Year's to Australian friends. Maybe that is not the case, but for our North American friends, it certainly is. So um, I think that's also kind of a natural evolution of this conversation. I guess first things first, Carolyn, how how have you altered how you approach just kind of this time of year from a goal setting resolution type perspective? Well, I kind of go back and forth because it does seem like, okay, the start of the new year. Yeah, new year, new you. You know, that that whole vibe. It, it does feel like it's a logical uh, time to reflect and goal set. But at the same time, November, December are very busy and intense months. And I don't know why it always happens to end up that way. But I, it's it's either, you know, your family, everyone's getting sick, or you're just, you, there are just a lot of events and activities and things. And then, you know, with holidays, there's just also, there's just a lot, I feel like. And then also a lot of um, brands and companies, people are trying to, you know, tie up end of year things and so they want to have like big decisions made before the start of the new year and I don't know it just oh I always feel like November December at the end of every year I'm totally maxed out I need some rest I need a pause I you know I just need to step back from everything and so that does help I think um and for some years such as this year it's felt like it's taken me a little more time to get up off the ground and really think about, okay, how how do I want to live intentionally this new year? This yeah, this next year. Um, and like I said, you know, I can't believe it's January 18th already right now. I am like only now kind of coming out of this whole like holiday season, you know, uh, fog, it seems like. But this is good. I am really looking forward to talking more about this because I'm not, well, I got to say, I'm not someone who's like New Year's resolutions. This is what I'm going to do. And then I like stick to it. As I'm not someone like that. I just, I like to at least have a sense of direction um, and a mindset maybe of how I might want to set out the year and then hopefully keep that up. <laughs> That's great. That's like, like the definition of a process goal. Like I want to approach my life in this kind of way, mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. That's that, that is that is interesting. And you brought up the first thing you brought up. I thought was was like that was so poignant because like especially for people who have families. You know, I was trying to think like one of the big changes for me is like all right, how I approach this time of year is very different than when I was twenty five. In part because I had a different kind of job, right? Like mm -hmm. like the off season for when I was a basketball coach, like wasn't. December 31st it was like the exact opposite that was like the middle of the season I'm not changing anything then it's like yeah, right. well like the end of our season might be like in March so it's like okay maybe that's like a natural time to think like oh what do I want to do differently next year right so I think part of it's like what is your professional dynamic as a someone who works myself like there is no off season but also means I can kind of think about this stuff whenever I want so this can why, why not now kind of feel to it but I think the other part that you mentioned, like, just has, like, someone who's, like, has a family and there's so, again, the six weeks of holiday brouhaha that happen <laughs> in November and December. To say nothing of, like, in our family, there's eight birthdays that oh, fall wow. in six weeks. What? 
And it's like, it's insane. It's a lot. So I feel like there are part of me that can easily just be like reactive to that six weeks. Like, okay, my New Year's resolutions will be X, Y, Z. And if I think about like, all right, am I just like reacting to what just happened? Or is this more like, am I taking a more holistic view of what happened in 2022? Or is this just like a just pure reaction to like the bounce that just happened in my life? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's like, am I saying I just want more peace and quiet because life has been so hectic? Or do I really need to rest? But yeah. So. Yeah. All no, right. I, all right. Let's do it. All right. So um, I'll start with, with, with the goal because we, we talked about this ahead of time, people. So we're like, I'm going to start with the goal. What category do you want to start first? Like professional, athletic, personal? Where do you want to start? Oh, wow. You also have professional goals. See, you don't have, I don't yeah, have I that. Cate- I, look, I'm writing it down right now. Like my three categories. I only have run and then life. Okay. <laughs> okay. Maybe I so should. So let's start I with one of those more two. Let's <laughs> specific start here. <laughs> yeah. Let's start with run. You okay. know? Yeah. Like what is right now? I know you have, you're focusing a lot more on trails. So what are your races coming up in the 2023 year? And then maybe what are your goals? Absolutely. And I have one other goal that's like kind of like intersects the life slash running. And I'll kind of dive into that one at the end of this category. But um, maybe after you give yours, I'll dive into that one because you wrote a whole piece about it on Relay. You know, if you, anybody, if you haven't done so already, go subscribe to Relay. What are you waiting for? It's $9 a month. Best, con- best running content on the Internet. But um, I think so. A couple of them. Um, first one is to complete a Trail 50K. So I have a Trail 50K. Lined up, registered, ready to go, March 11th. It's called the Squatch Apple. I shouldn't say, I'm calling it a 50K. I guess technically they're calling it a 33 mile. I, oh. just, I just prefer to call it a 50K. I guess yeah. I'm shortchanging myself a mile and a half or whatever. But like, oh, I just okay. like calling it a 50K more than mm. the 33 mile because it just <clears> sounds so <throat> random. Um, but it's down in uh, West Orange, New Jersey at the South Mountain Reservation. Uh, it's by the, what is it, Sasquad trail company something like that they put on a ton of trail races in northern new jersey in like rockland county new york kind of like southern new york on the western side of the um the hudson river and uh so i'm really excited about that so that's like to complete that race think of it as an adventure let's do it uh from a trail perspective i'm really excited to kind of like just fully embrace myself into trails. Actually, we're going to be doing a whole podcast series of this on Relay with Zoe Rome, who people know Zoe as the media extraordinaire, which she absolutely is from a, con- from a, from a um, not only both with the trail side, but also women's running. She basically runs both of them, Trail Runner Mag and women's running. And she does amazing things, but she's also an incredible trail athlete and coach. So she's going to be like the Yoda to my <laughs> Trying to be a, a trail Jedi, I guess. Pull, really trail pushing the, Jedi, the, I love I'm that. I'm really, really extending <laughs> this metaphor to the extremes in that sense. But um, I got a bunch of trail races on the calendar, which I'm really excited mm-hmm. about. A lot of smaller ones in the fall right now, but I might also put a bigger one on there. Uh, so really trying to just try to get at least a thousand miles on trails this year. I think Oof. that's uh, the an overwhelm, kind of like a, a larger process goal kind of type thing. Also, from a marathon perspective. I want to run a marathon where my last 10K is very similar in pace and effort. Not effort, because I'm trying hard the whole time. But in pace, um, like by effort, I guess I mean depending on like the the slope and elevation gain. But um, so maybe a great adjusted pace uh, than the first 10K, right? So part of that is making sure that I go out in the appropriate speed and effort in the first 10K. But also, and more importantly in my case being strong enough mentally and physically and emotionally to be able to push that last 10K in a way that is similar to the same paces I was putting forth in the first 10K. Uh, My marathon experiences have not looked like that at all. And I would say it's mostly due to training, not just mental toughness on race day, but I'm aware that like that certainly can play a part. So I want to make sure that I'm putting in the requisite training put myself in position to have that so instead of us having like a marathon time goal i just want to be able to run the last 10k of the marathon in a similar pace than the first 10k and if i do that i think the time will kind of take care of itself in that sense wow wow last one oh we're not done okay no last one so i (laughs) also my coach dissuaded me so i'll tell you what my original goal was and what it ended up being so the original goal was 
to have 3,000 miles run in 2023. So okay. in 2022, I had a little over 2,200, which uh-huh. was uh-huh. about 500 to 700 more than my previous high. Um, previous high basically being lowered because of injuries, right? The biggest right. one. Yeah. The biggest thing this year was that I didn't run like an overwhelming amount, but I was really consistent and I yeah. never got yeah. injured. I did have COVID, but that didn't set me back for like months at a time. So that was great. So I wanted to see, all right, can I get to 3,000? That basically comes out to about 57 to 59 miles a week on mm-hmm. average. Um, so obviously you're going to have some down weeks. So you'll have to have plenty of weeks in the 60s in order to get that. So my coach, David Roche, said, suggested, hey, let's dial that back. So I'm going to go okay. instead less of a less less fun of a number, but 2,750, which is basically 500 more or so than okay. last year. That's still, that is oh, only 500 miles more, <laughs> but that's good. Wow. How so, is it? I'll how say, big of a stretch goal is this for you? Like on a scale it, of zero to 10, you know, 10 being basically impossible. In terms of the mileage? Yeah. And like your ability. I don't, I don't, I don't, think- I don't view 2,750 again, as long as I, as long as I don't have any freak injuries and like <laughs> I do the proactive stuff to make sure I stay healthy. I don't view it. I don't even view it as a stretch goal. Oh, okay. I just okay. think it is like that is one hundred percent doable. Are you secretly still aiming for the three thousand? I can't wait to get to three thousand. Be like, I told you I could do it. <laughs> Boom! I'm, I'm, Who's I'm, the I'm, coach I'm, now? I'm, 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 right now, I am writing that email and saving it in the draft folder. Like I said, I was going to do three thousand. Why did you tell me? <laughs> wow. Ooh. So you're gonna so. You're aiming for both your first trail. Well, no, it's not your first trail race, but 50K trail race. And and that that will be my second trail race. Yes, that's right. Because you ran one last year. Yeah. And then. About about an eight mile race was like uh, around Thanksgiving. And then you're going to do a strong marathon in the fall. Is that going to be? No, actually it's going to be the Providence Marathon. So it'll be in May. Oh, okay. Okay. So I'll have about two months after the 50K will be the marathon. Okay. So I feel like that's good timing because, like, mm-hmm. I'm sure the 50K will take a lot out of me, but I'm not going into it, like, I'm not going in there as a race. Yeah. I'm and going it's in so, there as an different. adventure. Trail is different. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going in this adventure. Mm-hmm. has pretty good elevation gain. I'm, I'm really training hard for elevation gain right now. But, again, I'm not going in there with any kind of time goal. Like, the yeah. only kind of goals I have is, like, I want to run the overwhelming majority of that race. Yes. Yeah. Right? So, like, yeah. And by that, I mean, like, if it's flat, I want to be running. If it's mm-hmm. even if it's inclined, I want to be running. Maybe there are, are some really steep sections that would just make sense to be, be more of like a power hike type move. Yeah. Yeah. But I want to be strong enough that anything that is runnable, I'm running it. Yeah. That's, that's really my goal for that race. Whew. So you'll have that endurance base already and then kind of channel that and shift gears and power, power into your next marathon. Wow, Nat. Oh, okay. We'll check back in in the, the latter plan. half of the year and see what else you'll be doing. <laughs> yeah, that's the plan. I think I think our last for the love and, we'll, and there's nothing to say that we can't keep doing these episodes. But I think our our deal with Tracksmith ends in April, so maybe that's the oh, yeah. end of the for the love of the run series. Maybe we get another sponsor. Maybe Tracksmith reups. We'll see. But you know, I think that you know we'll have to we'll, we'll keep track of some of these. You know, because yeah, yeah. you know, we always talk about how we're doing with the running and stuff like that but i'm i'm really excited to to do the trail stuff that's for sure and i'm really excited to have zoe helping me along be my little little yoda helping me with all this i have so many questions so many i just bother everybody i call people at random times like hey (laughs) this is what i'm struggling with what should i be doing bother zoe (laughs) yeah exactly i'll just have her on the calendar she can be like my you know trail therapy yeah, no, this is another plug for Relay. Honestly, like these conversations are going to be so useful for anybody who has been more of a road runner, but then has been curious about getting into trail running. And because basically it's like all the questions that anybody would have, any newbie trail runner would have, you have direct, these are what these conversations are going to be about, right? You have direct 100%. access to Zoe. Anything ranging from, you know, how do you actually fuel? How should you be eating? How do you go to the bathroom outside? Although it might be different for guys versus girls. But still, you know, all of these little nuances of things that you don't think about or even have to care about 
as a road runner versus for sure on even trails. like little, even things like big things like, like I'm over here doing East Coast trails, which people tell me are oh, like, yeah. are more oh, technical different. than other places. Yep. I don't know. I've never so many rocks and roots. Oh. So many. So many. It's like my easy pace on trails and just like turns. Because like in Rhode Island, mm-hmm. like a lot of these trails are, especially the one like closest to me, it's like a trail like smashed into like a smaller setting. So it's like it's constantly like twisting and turning and doubling back on itself just to like get mileage in. Yeah. You're trying to yeah. fit it into this smaller area. And, you know, it's like you're always kind of like you're never just running straight. Even right. Even a lot of up and down with rocks and stuff. You're just not running straight almost ever, it feels like. So, like, my trail easy pace is, like, three minutes per mile slower than, like, my road easy pace. Hey, that's pretty good. (laughs) And it's just kind of like, how does this convert to anything? I have no idea. And it's, like, not even me. Like, if you look at the trail segments, you're like, that dude is super fast. He has, like, the fastest trail segment on here, but it's, like, 640 pace. And you're like, okay. Like, that's fast, but, like, that's that dude's easy pace on, like, the roads. So, I'm like, and, like, he has, like, the Strava segment for this, like, this mile and a half section. It's, like, and it's his, like, road easy pace. Like, it's so strange. Yeah. It's very different. But great. Oh, I'm so excited for you. All right. How about you, Carolyn Sue? <clears throat> well, so, if anybody has been following along my tumultuous running journey here (laughs) i do naturally by default have two races lined up for 2023 (laughs) because i was unable to actually race them last year so i already have on the schedule the sugarloaf marathon in may and then the chicago marathon in october Will I actually run them? We'll see. Stay tuned because even I don't know. (laughs) I've gotten to this point where I just hold on to my plans very loosely. My body can betray me at any time. I'm just kidding. I love my body. Thank you so much for everything that you do for me. (laughs) It doesn't mean, just because you love your body doesn't mean it can't be a fickle friend. Right? Those things are not mutually exclusive. Man. Well, so it's like I love my son, but it doesn't mean he has a good memory. Like, like we, love can just doesn't necessarily cover up all the all the warts. Jeez. Well, yeah. So we'll see because you know last year I had been training and it seemed like I had really solid training blocks, but you know, COVID knocked out marathon number one. And right. then that was like one back, of our first episodes was talking. Oh, about I that. know. Oh, my goodness. I know. I felt so embarrassed. <laughs> we were talking about for the love of the run and I wasn't doing any running because we all had COVID. Um, but again, you know, like I said, I was able to get that scheduled or deferred to this year. So being very mindful of <laughs> health as well. <laughs> And um, and then, you know, October, I was advised against running it because I had torn my meniscus and uh, my sports medicine doctor was like not half. He was just very, very gently trying to deter me from my. Yeah, (laughs) my dogged plan um, to still run. So that got deferred as well. But um, all that to say, the lessons that I have learned through the uh, through the last year in regards to running is I don't think that I had been fueling myself well enough like nutrition wise and not and I don't mean you know on training runs if I have enough like sugars and stuff but just in the day-to-day I think I realized that I wasn't eating enough. One, I, I don't think I was eating enough calories. Um, and the calories that I ha- was eating, I think a lot of it were just like empty calories, honestly. Um, and I kind of talked about this in a recent post, uh, just c- recognizing how due to, I think, life and due to mom life, it's really easy for nutrition to kind of go out the window. And even though, sure, you know, I'll, I cook fairly healthy dinners, I think, you know, and, um, I, I, I do focus a lot on making sure my kids, you know, are eating all their fruits and vegetables and, you know, quality protein, all of that stuff. 
I don't know, just somehow when it comes to my own health and nutrition, things go out the window. I'm running off of coffee and snacks basically all throughout the day. And that is not going to be adequate for muscle tissue repair, for, you know, bone density and health and, you know, iron and all of that, you know, that that athletes need and that female athletes need. So I have been a lot more intentional uh, starting in the November, December months, actually, of the last year. But I just really like being mindful, first of all, of what my regular patterns of eating um, lifestyle have been. Um, And yeah, and then working to incorporate more, yeah, more nutritious foods all throughout the day. And I guess we're kind of segue. Sorry, I'm like totally already entering into the whole like, you know, goals or whatnot um, uh, for myself for this year. But um, I, yeah, like I attended a um, a nutrition talk by Holly. Oh gosh, Holly Fueled Nutrition. Do you follow her? Yeah, Holly Samuel. Yes, Holly Samuel. Okay, I couldn't think of her last name, but um, she she gave a talk at the Rise Run Retreat uh, last fall, and she was describing how even on recovery days and rest days, you know, how many calories um, and how many grams of, you know, protein and carbohydrates that women need. And it was startling. Like even on rest days, she was saying something like, we need to be eating 22 to 2,500, you know, calories daily. And that just seems so, it seems so high, but I think it's because we've been so conditioned into diet you know, mentality um, of needing to eat less calories for whatever reason. And um, and I think also just diet culture in general is so pervasive, you know, in our society and in the running running culture um, that I realize even though, yeah, sure, I'm eating salads and stuff. And that is, yes, that is quote unquote healthy. But is it adequate enough nutrition for my muscle repairs and and all of that, right? And the answer is no. And she was saying that we really need to be eating every like two to three hours to just making to just make sure we we're getting all the carbohydrates and we're getting all of the protein that we need. Um, so yeah, that's one of my things for this year. I want to be I'm I'm like every two hours, I'm like, okay, wait. I need to eat something, even you if it's a smoothie. You got food right next to you right now. I Man, do. I awesome, do. Awesome protein bowl <laughs> thing going on right now. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I I have always been someone who's like, no, I don't need supplements. I'm going to get all of my vitamins and minerals, you know, through my food, which is great in theory, again, but in practice, what's the lived reality here? And the lived reality is like, I, I don't think that I am getting enough nutrition. So- I've like stocked up on all this, you know, like the whey protein or like plant-based, you know, protein powders and the collagen and all of that jazz. I'll just say, I'll just dive in right here. We're doing an ad break later and Prevnex is going to be one of them. (laughs) 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 Their protein powder is the best. I have it after every run for this exact same reason. I haven't, I didn't have enough protein because I would talk to, I didn't talk to to Holly. I talked to Megan Featherston, but Uh uh you know, like I'm sure that the, Advice would have been the same. But it was like you're not having enough protein in your diet. And it's like yeah. I just can't be eating meat all day long. Yeah, like, right. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I just, it, it's just not feasible from a time or cost perspective. <laughs> so it's like, all right, I'll just have like these protein shakes. But like the Neurofibe Plus one for Prevnex is great because has more than just protein in it, and I like it, and it mixes well, so it tastes good. So I'll actually drink it, you know. So it's like, all right, like I'll just do that. So I do it after every run. And it's like, all right, like once that became the habit, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. well now I don't, at least I'm getting the, the protein from this. It's like, all right, this is 20 to 25 grams. All right. Mm-hmm. Like I'm kind of, I'm kind of on my way and I don't have to like, you know, like just kind of like stock up in like some like odd way of doing it. So no, I totally get it. I, I, I'm i right yeah. with you on this stuff. Yeah. I've, I bought these little, um, I bought these little plastic containers now, like they came in a set of six. And then, so every weekend, you know, I like scoop out my five different, you know, supplement things, right? Like the flaxseed and the chia and the hemp and all of that. So I have all of those prepared. I have all my like frozen fruits and vegetables all, you know, in individual, you know, silicone pouches in the freezer. So everything is more streamlined after the workouts. And so I add that, all of that into a shake after or, you know, smoothie bowl, 
Jake, you know, after a workout in the mornings, you know, even before I go walk the dog, after the kids go to school, I already I take one of those little protein or one of those little supplement containers I have and I add that into an, an oatmeal. So I'm again like trying to eat every two-ish hours and it feels so like it feels so weird at first because I like I just feel like I'm not hungry right now, but I know I should be eating something. So, but it's good. I think it's, it'll be good for me because I feel like that probably has been one of the, the missing components, you know, into my performance as an athlete. And I just wonder how much of that actually contributed to some of the injuries I've sustained in the past, you know, like it doesn't matter how consistent I can be with my workouts if I'm not actually, if like internally, right? Like I'm not building up and fortifying the very foundations of like the muscles and the everything in my body that I'm like demanding so much out of to perform. So to say nothing of adaptation and energy mm, availability yes. and mm-hmm. the, the myriad of other things that are also so related to all of this stuff. Yes. So nutrition is one of my main focuses this year in regards to running. I love it. That's huge. Um, and we got these races in the calendar. Let's do yes. them. Let's get to them. There's two. The money's two already races. been spent, baby. Let's make Please. a list. Hopefully it'll happen. <laughs> there you go. I love it. I love it. I'm going to get into my, my, my next one that kind of like connects to the personal mm-hmm. and the running. Uh, but before we do, ad break for Tracksmith, who sponsors every single one of these episodes. We did mention before the Franklin Fleece. Hey, weather's crazy right now. All right. It was 50 degrees for me today. Yesterday, it was 17 degrees with wind chill when I ran. Okay. So you have to be prepared. Part of that is having the right gear, especially if it's cold, because you don't want to be running around like a freaking popsicle, especially on your easy runs where you're not going to be like getting that heart rate up, getting all warmed up. You want to stay nice and nice and warm the whole way. The Franklin fleece is great for that. Um, I have two of them now. I bought one and then Drew Tracksmith, shout out to Drew. He actually gifted me one and you as well. So I have one for like in the house for just lounging around. And it's so, it's, it's like, it feels like pajamas. It's so soft. It's, but it's so also soft. Like, it's yeah. also gear for running and it's great. And it's like, it's my, when it's cold, that's what I wear. It is my go-to it's cold item, especially if it's like not crazy windy, right? Fleece isn't like a natural like wind protector, right? Um, sometimes I'll wear something underneath it for like if it's really, really windy, but it's great. I freaking love it. I know for you, like your, your, your conditions up in Boston are even more treacherous than mine. It hasn't. Yeah. I mean, it's, it can be hit or miss, but I also, I gotta say, yeah, my Franklin fleece jacket that Drew sent us, (laughs) that has been my, my staple in all of these winter running days as well. And I want to get the pants because it's so soft. Like the fleece, like you were saying, it is so soft and yet still so lightweight that it doesn't feel cumbersome or bulky. And yep, it definitely is one of my favorite running pieces now. Well said. And my wife did. If you listen to the last episode, you would have heard me say this last time. My wife wanted me to make sure that I say that the Franklin fleece also doesn't maintain the funk when it comes to that post run deal as to say like there's 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 literally no running attire that i wear that my wife will ever don because of just like the inherent stinkiness of that product however the franklin fleece is not on that list she will still wear it just like around the house the one that i've had for years and that is really saying something because that does not happen so (laughs) head over to tracksmith today let me sure i get the code right because i mess it up every single time code love of the run or just go to tracksmith.com forward slash love of the run and five percent of the proceeds of what you buy will go to our favorite charity partner the asian health i'm sorry the asian mental health collective so five percent of everything you spend will go to them so you're not going to save any money for yourself but you're going to be helping a great cause and some great people and you can visit asian mental health collective if you want to just learn more about it at asian asianmhc.org all right so my next one and this is i wrote a whole article about this over on relay um i wasn't sure if i was going to talk about this sort of thing in public or even bring it up on this podcast frankly but then i kind of got pushed in that direction and that was just about alcohol consumption so i read a wonderful piece um 
in a bicycling magazine. So bicyclingbicycling.com and then a basically a sister piece over on Runner's World written by AC Shelton. Uh Shelton, I should say. Um and the 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 one in, on the cycling page was written by Gloria Lou. Uh boy, was she a fantastic writer. This is the first time I ever read anything by her, which I'm surprised because she's around just as much as many she other people. She writes in everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and maybe I had read some of her. I just didn't connect the dots. But um, it was it's an incredible piece. And I read that one first. So that one just kind of had a it, – it, it kind of branded itself on me more than AC's piece, I guess just because it came first. But it was really well done. Basically, the hallmark of it was like – there's a lot of takeaways. But, you know, alcohol is doing you no favors even at the minimal dose. And, um, and she – interspersed with a ton of research you can tell she spent months on the piece but she also interspersed her own experience with alcohol on it uh which which resembled mine in a lot of ways and basically on on the relay piece and i dove into this was like what is my alcohol consumption exactly and Mm. um and things like that and so i mean i may have been drunk once in the last two years right so like my alcohol consumption is not from a like on a like you take like, the max amount in a day like it is not much like maybe it was four drinks maybe right um which is more than i'd want it to be but like not nuts right you're not for, going even, on even for like a teetotaler <laughs> they wouldn't be like wow that's crazy right mm-hmm. um and there was like four drinks over like an extended period of time we're talking like a family dinner type event that's like six to eight hours kind of feel to it right so anyway with that said i wasn't super pumped <laughs> about about my alcohol consumption this was like a thought that was kind of lingering in my mind like a splinter in my brain for a while um you know my own coach had uh had stopped drinking over a year ago again it was kind of like he'd have like a one beer a day and i was basically at the point where i was having like two glasses of wine a night was standard for me so mm-hmm. i never really went over that but i also never went under that like i couldn't mm-hmm. remember the last mm-hmm. time i had gone like two days in a row without drinking anything mm-hmm so it was a consistent part of my life, but I was also never inebriated either. So it was kind of in this weird middle zone. Uh, so so I was kind of at the point where like, all right, should, what should I do here? And then ultimately those articles had a big impact on me. So um, for me, one of my big New Year's resolutions was to not basically drink at my house when I'm just kind of here with my wife at night. And maybe it's like, I shouldn't say drink. It's not like drinking alone. It's more like, all right, like I would normally have like a glass of wine when I'm making dinner every night. And then I would have another glass of wine after the kids go to bed. That's usually what's the timing of it. Um, And we've recorded plenty of these episodes where you've seen me drink a glass of wine while we're recording, right? We're recording at night and that's usually like I have a glass of wine. I have it here. I'll take some sips while we're drinking, while we're recording. And and that was pretty normal for me. Um, So I decided I'm going to stop doing that. Uh, Not go completely sober. Um, you know, if, if we're having like a family dinner or something, I'll have a glass of wine. I have no, I've, I've, you know, I can't say why I'm making that decision or going completely sober. I guess I do like having wine. So I guess that's just how I'm going to do it. But that's how I started it. And it's been, you know, a little over two weeks now. And I've, for the most part, I've stuck to it. I think the one time I had a drink in the setting where I normally would was when I hit publish on my 500th episode on Rambling Runner. I had kind of a celebratory drink. Um, yes. And besides that, like I've kind of stuck with it. I've had a uh, basically had like a non-alcoholic beer. Athletic Brewing has like um, a dark beer now in like my local supermarket, which uh, oh. I've been kind of having one of those per day sometimes. Um, but for the most part, this is something that I wanted to, I've been thinking about it for a while. And I'll tell you, even though, again, I wasn't drinking like a lot. I was drinking kind of within the normal like one to two drinks per day that you hear all the time. And I guess you say, I'm not underselling it. I literally like measured my alcohol. So I took out one of my normal wine glasses. I poured water into it up to like my normal pouring level and then poured that into a measuring cup. Mm-hmm. to see exactly how much alcohol I was drinking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it came out to like five ounces per okay. glass of wine, which is exactly like the, the recommended the amount. The serving size. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, anyway, skip to the end. TLDR. Um, I feel better. Mm. I just do. I, I definitely have noticed a difference. I have noticed a difference in recovery. I have felt better on my runs. Uh, I don't know if this is a direct correlation to that. But I will say occasionally I will have runs that were just like inextricably, inexplicably were 
awful. Just awful. And like, I could not, I could never put my finger on it. My coach could never put a finger on it. We would have all these wild guesses, but ultimately they were nothing more. They weren't even educated guesses. They were just wild guesses. Um, and it was just like, all right, like I haven't had one of those since I stopped doing this. Mm-hmm. So again, small sample size, but maybe that's played a part, but I feel better. I absolutely feel better. And um, at this point, I don't see any reason why I would, you know, divert from the path that I'm currently on. I mean, wine is a dehydrant, dehydrator, dehydrant (laughs) in general, right? I mean, alcohol is. So maybe, maybe there was like, you were in a perpetual state of dehydration to some degree and didn't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, but so is coffee and I'm drinking. Yeah, yeah, true, true, true. (laughs) I don't know. This is, this is my, this is my point. Like we would, we have these kind of conversations, not like about alcohol, but it'd be like, maybe this is it. I don't Mm -hmm. know. But then you could also be like, I have another counter argument against it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But ultimately, I do know this. I feel better. So I'm happy so, with the choice I've made so far. What was, what what were the points um, that the articles made about why regular alco- alcohol consumption or just alcohol consumption in general was a detrimental thing for runners? Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Now, it's been a couple of weeks and like they were very like scientifically driven, so they didn't I didn't didn't mean to like stick in my brain like perfectly, but um, well, I mean, like, what were the takeaways for you? Like, it's something they were compelling enough to where you actually you actively thought I'm going to, you know, change my lifestyle. So what were what were those things? It doesn't have to be. It was it was definitely related to recovery. Okay, definitely a recovery piece to it. Negative impact on recovery. Right. And even then, like there, there, I have seen, and I'm sure you have as well, seen recovery messaging like, hey, actually a beer after like a really, oh, really nice. hard effort is actually a positive for recovery because it has um, carbs in it. Right. It's kind of like this. I mean, odd, like anyway. they're served after races at a lot of races. Right. Like the beer, well, they're the title beer sponsor and pizza of a, a ton stuff. of races. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Like they're title sponsor of like a whole bunch of races. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and, and not, not, and not just in running and in plenty of other sports as well. Um, so, um, so I think mostly is around recovery mm, was, okay. was the stats that were given. So it's like, all right, that's interesting. Um, I don't sleep as much as I should anyway. So I'm like, I really can't be like doing more than one really bad recovery thing at once. So mm-hmm. I should probably like eliminate some of these other things. Cause like, I probably, I keep saying I'm going to sleep better and then I never do. So like maybe like take out some of these other things since I, since I keep failing on that front. Uh, and then the other piece was, I was worried that while my alcohol consumption wasn't worrisome in terms of like where it is right now, in terms of like, you know, how much am I drinking in a night, types of that, like, is it changing my behavior? Is it becoming habit forming in terms of like, I can't stop kind of feel. And I didn't feel like any of those things were true and neither did my doctor. And I did talk to my doctor about all of this stuff. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, I was worried that, like, if I keep going down this path, like, will that still be the case? And mm. I was worried, and this was the, one of the things that they talk about in the article that really hit home for me was that it seemed like when they were doing the anecdotes, I saw myself in a lot of these people. And one mm. of the consistent themes was that, like, their drinking never really plateaued. It kind of, like, went up. In a linear fashion, sometimes there were jumps like, all right, they talked about this one person, like, moved to a new area and then, like, her new riding group, like, they drank more alcohol that she, like, was like, well, I like drinking beer, so I'll just join in and all this. And then, like, you know, then just kind of kept escalating. And I was worried that, like, what if my alcohol escalates? Like, am I, would I be okay with that? Because it mm-hmm. seems to happen to all these other people. And frankly, I wasn't okay with that. I was worried about that. So, mm-hmm. and then also, like, I was also kind of worried, like, is it okay if my kids see me with a, with me drinking alcohol every single day? Mm-hmm. Because, again, my dad didn't have an alcohol problem. My dad doesn't have an alcohol problem now. But, like, I know he drank alcohol every night in a very similar way than I did. I think for him it was like having a beer. But, like, he had a beer every night. Mm-hmm. And I remember that. Mm-hmm. So kind of like how i feel about like my phone usage sometimes like are my kids gonna think mm, back like scary. oh dad always had wine and dad always had his phone out like yeah. doesn't mean he was a bad dad because he did all these other things but like those things were also part of my my childhood so i worry about that so mm-hmm. that's why ultimately it was, was was also one of the factors 
Well, yeah. That's so. true. Ugh, yeah. You're making me think. <laughs> anyway, I'm not going to impress this on anybody else because, like, you know, ultimately, if you don't feel strongly about it, you're probably not going to yeah. do it. So, yeah. like, again, I'm there's not no here. There's no judgment. There's no, no judgment. No, this isn't or, like, yeah. no, there's no, there's no <laughs> zealot, like a convert kind of feel to it. Like, again, I'm just saying, like, this is what influenced my decision. Here's how I felt after the decision. Yeah. And this is where I am now. Again, I'm not pressuring anybody to do anything. But this, these were the factors that influenced me. And this was, for me, was the right time. And ultimately, reading, especially Gloria's article, um, was, for me, the tipping point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It sounds is, like those were already kind of like undercurrents or thoughts that you had been having. And mm-hmm. it was just, like you said, the tipping point to to make you decide, okay, I want to practice or try doing something different and seeing how that goes. So, yeah. All right, Prevenex is back as a sponsor, and I am so excited about that. I love, love, love Prevenex. I've been part of um, the Railing Runner podcast for a long time. And in this interim, where they hadn't sponsored the show in like 18 months or so, and they've been sponsoring the show for a long time. So there was no ill will there. And it was one of those things where I just kept using it. I wasn't getting any free stuff, I was paying for myself, and I absolutely love it. When I do a, po- I think a post run after any run, long run, Short run, recovery run, whatever. First thing I grab, Neurofy Plus. Okay, this is a protein powder that is so much more than that. This stuff is packed with stuff. Sometimes you get a protein powder and it's literally just protein. That's not a bad thing. That's better than nothing. But wouldn't you want the whole kit and caboodle? That's exactly what Neurofy Plus has. Even has probiotics. They have everything in there. It's the perfect post-run powder protein mix is no no question about that the other thing that i've always stuck with is the joint health plus as i get older again i I feel fine on the run i feel great the one thing that i notice is in the morning when i wake up i feel like a skeleton walking down the stairs or meandering around the house i know if i've been taking my joint health plus or not just by how my ankles feel in the morning if you go to prevenex.com and use code runner 15 you'll save 15 percent on your first order Today, we have so many people who've, who've used this code over the last three or four years. Thank you so much. And if you haven't, go check it out today. We also have a 30-day money-back guarantee, so you know that you're going to love your stuff. And if you don't, you're going to get it back anyway. All right, everybody. I want to take a quick break and give a shout-out to Lagoon. That's right, Lagoon Sleep. You heard me in the intro talking about their pillows. Oh, my gosh. They are amazing. This year, I'm really trying to take better care of myself, both before and after my runs. And one of the areas that I'm really focusing on is sleep and not just about the time you the time you spend in bed obviously that's important but also making sure you have quality and not just quantity and that's a big thing right we talk about all the time with training quantity and quality same thing with sleep and part of that is your pillow i have the fox pillow that was the one that i got after taking the online quiz which was really interesting to take you, you figure out like what what exactly do i need what do i need my pillow for how do i sleep what are my preferences and it makes a big difference. And this is a pillow I've had for over a month now. It's coincided with my biggest 30 days of training that I've ever had. And I feel really, really good. And I know a big reason for that is because of how I'm sleeping and how I'm sleeping is affected by my pillow and things are just going so well for me. Waking up from my morning runs has never felt better. I'm refreshed. I'm pain-free in large part thanks to Lagoon Pillow. So go to lagoonsleep.com. That's L-A-G-O-O-N sleep.com forward slash rambling. Take their awesome two-minute sleep quiz to find your match and then use code rambling for 15% off your first purchase today. That's yeah. good. There All we right. Go. So I feel good about that. Um, I guess from a family perspective, mm-hmm. um, I think the biggest thing for me is, and I don't want to dive too deeply into the reasons why, um, but ultimately, like, I need to be a more supportive dad, especially mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. my daughter. Okay. Yeah. So my daughter was the firstborn. So again, I have plenty of parenting mistakes with my son, who's three years younger. But plenty more with my daughter, who unfortunately had to take the brunt of my learning process as a parent. Um, and my, as I as I told someone else the other day, like my list, if I were to like type in all of my parenting regrets into a Google sheet, like it would break all the Google servers because no. it would be so big. Um, and that, and I feel like a lot of those are in regards to my daughter, who again was the firstborn, so. 
I didn't know what I'm I still I still not sure I know what I'm doing, but I definitely didn't know what I was doing when when she was younger and, and stuff like that. And um, and I feel like, unfortunately, she has been, um, you know, had to carry carry that my own my own naivete and ignorance. So um, that that that's not great. Um, and I can be more supportive. I, okay. I, I know that I can. And now she's going to be entering middle school next year and it's going to be hard enough for her balancing all of that. And um, again, I don't think of myself as a dictatorial dad. And I feel like I try to be understanding, but I also know that like, I see a lot in my daughter of myself. And Mm -hmm. um, oftentimes I can be like, you know, think of like all of my own regrets and I don't want her to experience those regrets. So I try to like help her get out in front of some of those and like my own frustrations with myself will then be transposed into some mm. of that messaging and around and around we go and it's more negative than I want it to be and things like that. So, um, you know, I love her very much and I think I just need to be just more supportive, less like here's how to like, you know, it's in constant like correction mode. Right. And I think that for me as a parent, like, again, there's no shortage of things to correct or come down upon or be negative about there's always a million things right like there are big things and there is like why isn't the cap on the toothpaste right like little things right or like why is the hand towel on the ground why is why is our clean hand towel on the ground i don't understand right like there's those little things are that that list speaking of endless lists is also endless and it's like I can easily be negative about that all day long, and seemingly some days it feels like I am, and um, I just can't be. It's just not good for her. Certainly, it's not good for her. It's not good for me, but it's more importantly not good for her. Um, it's not good for my son either. But I feel like because I learned a little bit more during her youth that I was able to be a little bit more supportive with my son, um, and um, hopefully that, that, that's been for the better, but I just need to be a better, a more supportive dad, especially to my daughter. And that's going to be my biggest personal focus for 2023. Mm -hmm. Can you define what you mean by more supportive? Like, do you mean more words of affirmation or do you mean like showing up at her events that she does? You know what I mean? Like, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for asking that. Um, no, I'm very around. Okay. Yeah. Right. So like right. Mm-hmm. I work, I work from home. I mm-hmm. work for myself. Uh, I make my own hours. So I'm probably, you know, especially compared to like where, again, I used to work a normal nine to five. So the hours were a little different. Like I'm the one that gets them ready for school in the morning. Right. It's like my wife's around, but she leaves at seven. So from like six to seven, she's getting ready for work. And I'm like, I'm with the kids. I get them ready for school. I give them breakfast. I pack their lunches and I get them to the bus stop. Right. At, 245 i'm the one at school i'm picking them up i'm helping them with their homework i'm getting like their friends come over i'm with them and they're kind of arranging all of that and you know i'm cooking you know i'll cook dinner at night and like we share like parental responsibilities with putting the kids to bed so i'm around a lot so physically i'm there right Mm -hmm. Uh, i like to think hopefully mentally and emotionally i'm there as well i think from a supporting perspective it's much more of like making sure that she is aware that like I love her deeply that I believe completely in her and in teachable moments again not like being like non-negative but Mm -hmm. more like in those teachable moments letting her know how she could have approached this differently but doing it in a way that shows that I'm supportive of her instead of just being like angry with frustration because it's the millionth time that i have said this and why aren't we changing um that kind of feel to it because there are certainly moments people who maybe aren't parents you don't know this but like where you just feel like you could just put your face through a window because you're like i can't say this again or i'm going to lose it and it's like there are certainly those moments um but also like you know, she's she, she's a very like creative, interesting, challenging person. She's she is she is very she is unbelievably unique in her personality and her creativity. And she's thinking and saying a million things at once, and a lot is coming out. And she is like can be scatterbrained because of it, but she's also incredibly interesting and all of this stuff. And there's just a lot going on. 
right? It's just mm-hmm. as one of her preschool kids, preschool uh, teacher said, like, you know, Callie's going to be Callie. It's just the way it goes. You know, it's like she's just an incredibly unique person. And I love that about her. And and I just need to make sure that I'm as emotionally supportive of that mm-hmm. as possible instead of at plenty of times, it seems like focusing on negative stuff or correcting mm-hmm. things and stuff like that. Again, things that need to be corrected. But I guess the ways in which I do it could definitely be improved. Mm-hmm. Oh, Matt, you're such a good dad. <laughs> Not that's... yet. That's, from, that's what 2023 no. is all about. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> even the fact that you're aware of this and wanting to wanting to to change and adapt and, you know, be present for your daughter in this way is already very, very, um, it's just, I don't know. I, I'm at a loss for words right now, but we support you. <laughs> we as like the collective audience, I'm sure. And uh, I know that it'll it'll make a difference. So, yay. So we'll see. Yeah, because I definitely feel like there are those, those moments where you're like, all right, like, but, you know, they're still so young. And there's plenty of time, right? Figure out, but, like, I feel like right now I'm looking at, like, no, man, sixth grade yeah. starts next year. Yep. Like, yeah. It, yeah. if you're going to be a better parent, like, it's now. The time is never. now. <laughs> yeah. Like, you can't can't keep saying like oh I, I i need to be better like no like you know this is almost kind of like you know someone's like all right we talked about health before and and diet and nutrition again it kind of feels like again there was no like crazy moment that precipitated this but it kind of has the urgency of like someone who like has a heart attack is like okay now i need to change my behavior right like again i didn't have that sort of like within our own family that sort of mm-hmm. like seminal event that has now caused a chain reaction in my behavior but it I guess in my own sense of things, it feels that way when I see this, you know, yeah. ultimate move yeah. over to, to middle school and sixth grade and all that. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like, I guess, was the impetus behind it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry. It'll, yeah. Any, I think whenever we are more mindful at just ways that we can support, love our kids, affirm them, uh, and see them as the like unique individuals as they are. Anytime we shift our mindset to be like that, it it's a good thing. And it'll just, it's not going to be easy per se. Parenting, nobody ever thinks that parenting is easy, but um, nobody ever says that's a thing. But um, I, I have to believe that there will be fruit from the labor of love here. So no, I appreciate that. I think the, e- the easy thing is to go negative, right? right. I it's mean, easy yeah. to be re- to react sure. in a negative way when something negative is happening. Like that is definitely the path of le- the path of least resistance. And that is probably by and large, the reason that I've taken it so many times. That's human nature. So, um, yeah, well, I guess, in regards to family, too, then we can I'll share. Talk about a bad segue opportunity. What, I apologize for the, like putting such a bummer. <laughs> no, it's not a bummer. I think it's real, you know, and I think one of the challenges of parenthood is to not let ourselves sit in just feeling ashamed or feeling bad even about like what a terrible job we might feel like we're doing as parents. But being able to also recognize that like we're learning as well and that's what matters. You're learning. You're recognizing ways that you want to, um, yeah, be a good dad, be a good father um, to Callie. So that's good. And yeah, we can. Yeah, that's good. We can affirm that. And um, as far as for me and my family, yeah, like I've been thinking like my daughter is in middle school now. Like she's just a couple of years. Right. Like both of our kids were kind of like just a few years apart for each of them. Um, And my daughter is in the middle school teen, you know, uh, stage already. And definitely there is a shift in um, in relating to them, in communicating with them and in parenting them. You know, uh, it, it's different from when they're a lot younger. And yeah, you can kind of just be like, ah, don't do that. Or, you know, like, why are you doing it this way? How many times did I say that? You know, like it's, it is different. Um, and something that I <clears throat> have been thinking a lot more about 
um, for this year, uh, last year as well, um, is rest, right? And what does it mean to rest and really parsing out um, what, when do I feel rested? You know, is it, is it really just like, oh, I, we're gonna, we have to go on vacation in order for me to really fully feel rested, you know, or, um, not just thinking about it as like, I just want a whole afternoon where all, you know, where I'm doing nothing, you know, that's, that's not going to happen. Um, but, um, really trying to cultivate this idea of, okay, rest, what does rest look like? And I think for me, and I think also for my family, it's the, it's that ability to, um, to just be, um, and, not feel a sense of pressure of like, we have to be doing something. We have to be going somewhere. We have to be, I don't know, like that there has to be almost like we have to be producing, you know, something as well. And cause that's definitely, I think the, uh, upbringing that I had, um, I, and I think a lot of that has to do with both of my parents being immigrants where they're really, you had to constantly be not hustling, but like there really wasn't that luxury to um, to just be because you're trying to build this, establish, you know, a secure, safe life, you know, um, for your family. And so I always grew up like nonstop, you know, throughout the weekdays, even after school, you know, there were after school ac activities and then there were like different, you know, like lessons and tutoring sessions and all of these like nonstop, you know, from from morning until night. And then even all throughout the weekends, always, always things going on. And um, and it it really wasn't until like college that for the first, like when I was hanging out with some friends and I just constantly felt like, okay, guys, what are we going to do? Where are we going to go? What should we do tonight? What should we, you know, like that um, at one point, one of my friends was like, Caroline doesn't know how to just hang out. <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? Hanging out is like doing an activity together. So like, what are we going to do? You know, <laughs> like let's make plans. But um and I say that, you know, as a joke, but I felt like um, that that was kind of this like, I don't know, wake up moment for myself to kind of reevaluate like, wait, do I know how to just hang out? Like to just like be in the same room with people I love and not feel like we need to be engaging and we need to be like producing something. Right. Um, and I think about that a lot in like what I'm modeling to my kids as well. Um, like, do I show them that there are rhythms to life, you know, that there are going to be times just like in training, right? There are going to be the times where we're really like training hard, building up, working towards a, a race or an event, you know? Um, and, but then there are also going to be seasons and times where we're, we're kind of like, we're, we're building, um, more in a more like, I don't know, subtle subtle way, you know, and it's like that for us in life. And I want to practice that more. Um, and so one of the ways that I've been uh, practicing that is really preserving the weekends for for family um, and not being on social media, really, especially like for us on Sundays, um, like our family, we we go to church and that's really like our one uninterrupted time, I think, to like all be together. Um, and um, and I like the slower rhythm of the day as well. Um, and I just yeah, like I don't I don't uh, go onto social media. Um, if there are people who email um, email me for what I consider more work related things, you know, over the weekend, then I just let it sit uh, because it's not going to be urgent, you know. And um, there's not going to be a brand who's like Carolyn. I absolutely need you to <laughs> I don't know save us, you know, <laughs> before Monday. Um, and even you know, honestly, even with like text messages and stuff too. Um, I just, I, I want to put all of that down so that I can be present with the kids and with my family and actually like hear, you know, the different thoughts and conversations that they have and kind of let them also know that I'm available to them. And 
And then like rest in the sense of like, we, we can all be in different rooms of the house doing different things. Like I can choose to read or <laughs> I don't know, just something that I feel like doing for me that that's not because I'm obligated to because of a commitment or because, you know, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. So I really that's something I want to practice like in that way, resting so that I can be more present and available to the people who matter in my life. Uh, yeah. Does that make well sense? Said. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. So, yeah, I think those are the main things, I guess, this year. Nutrition <laughs> and rest. So hopefully that'll help with all aspects of life. And then for you, <laughs> it's like being yeah. supportive of your family, of your daughter, and being a superhuman athlete. <laughs> trying to be a consistent athlete that is for sure yeah so getting into trail doing that and then um you know staying on mostly not drinking alcohol right yes, occasionally right. maybe mm -hmm. one one drink a week maybe two right kind of thing um and yeah like you said the, the, the parenting side which we don't have to rehash but that 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 as well right because being a better parent right that's that's 100 something that um i need to be and i'm hopefully uh, we'll do just that, right? It's just, it's really just a decision. And for me, it's also about making sure that I'm not, um, being reactive, right? That, 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 that my reactions are thoughtful and, and, uh, and are, you know, all of that stuff. So, all right, we've already gone over an hour. So maybe you go talk about the professional goals, right? We'll keep those for another day, maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, we all have, again, to, to talk about like the business of our life. I know that you have a call that you have to go to right now. We've already been on this call for over an hour. Big shout out again to Tracksmith, who has sponsored every single one of these episodes for almost a year now, which has been absolutely fantastic. Also, for this episode in particular, Lagoon Sleep. I love their pillows. Go check them out. And Prevenex, thank you so much to all of our sponsors. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you most of all to you. If you haven't already done so, go check out Relay. It's at patreon.com forward slash Relay. Not only do we have all the stuff that we already talked about on this episode, but in addition to that, we're going to be doing a Boston Marathon series that is starting before this episode even comes out. So if you're interested in running the Boston Marathon, tips all the way to the race, that will be the place to go. Thank you so much for listening and happy running.